mid-80s, end of 80s. I thought, well, I mean, I think I might have a career here. So I put out my first album in 1989, the year I won New Zealand Country Music Entertainer of the Year. And that's when it all started for me, my music. Country singer Dennis Marsh wasn't around music much as a kid growing up in the King Country. There was only one thing that he looked forward to after school, and that was hanging out with his dad. I didn't start, I didn't even start listening to the radio. I was always dad's boy. So when I get home from school, I was on the horse, go look for my, my dad. I was that person out on the farm, driving the tractor, driving the truck, riding the horses, riding the motorbikes. So um, all my other siblings, are they call them siblings? Siblings. All my brothers and sisters all at home watching the TV. And I was the only one that knew how to live if, if the power went off. The Pukekohe-based artist is from a family of ten siblings. He's number three. Born on the veranda of the family home in Tikuiti, Dennis has links to Ngāti Maniapoto and Te Arawa. His dad worked for the Land and Surveying Office at the Department of Māori Affairs. The family moved often as his father's job required. Eventually they settled in Turangi and lived on the western side of Lake Taupo. So the music for me didn't start till I come left Turangi um, to become a builder, carpenter, in Auckland. So at, at 17, I think, I left Turangi and home for the first time to come and be a, a builder, to be a um, to build with the uh, Māori Fairs. Were you part of the Māori Trade Training schemes yeah, at the time? Yeah, pulled into a, a hostel, um, United Mary Mission Hostel. Here in Auckland? Yeah, yep. in, in Auckland. Was, and, and that's where different parts of me start to develop in, 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 in other areas. I listened to Elvis, I listened to Jim Reeves, you know, just those sort of people, uh, Marty Robbins. They, they were my biggest influence then, but I didn't know that. It hadn't happened yet. But they were my influences without me even knowing that later on they would be. So I'm in the hostel just learning learning the songs that they sang. And they were all like hymns. They were all hymns and um, different, really totally different to what I was brought up with. Strangely, Dennis didn't pick up a guitar until he was in his 20s. Today he plays by ear and can't read music. He talks about learning to play. Well, I never never really played guitar. I didn't even own one for until I finished being a builder, really. So what, mid-twenties? Oh, Yeah, probably, mid-twenties. And, um, and I only picked it up just to tune jack. Ten guitars. We'll have hangi for our kind. Pippi's kapai. We'll have the Maori hangi tonight. In this week's Tahika, we head to Auckland to the home of one of New Zealand's most successful country music singers, Dennis Marsh. Get the stones red and hot Put more puhar in the pot And we'll have the Māori hangi tonight Singing was, um, 
We had massive sing-alongs, you know, but we were singing hymns. Oh, happy day, oh, happy day. And you, you, this, this was, you imagine 30 boys singing like that, you know, and you imagine them singing, Falkadia, my Tolipeka. We all sang that when we were there. And you'd, you'd sing a whole lot of other songs that we, we never sang before. So when, when I left the hostel, I was, I was um, doing competition, you know, gospel songs and that sort of stuff. And a fella went to a competition and I, and I actually won a place in a teen team. We learned how to sing together. We did all the harmony bits. Did you? Was it like a talent quiz at the time? Or? Yeah, and oh, I got, okay. I've got, I got picked to be the baritone or, or the, um, the yeah, the baritone of the group. So, so Dennis, then when you left with um, a trade, did you take up full time work and then do your music on the side? I did indeed. I built and did a whole lot of things pertaining to building, and then. I started singing in competition outside of the gospel era, you know, and um, it became country music. Because somebody said to me, "Why don't you come with us to the country music, country western music club?" I said, "Goodness sake, man! I don't want to go there. They old people, <laughs> old people. When, they, when you go to country music in western, that made me think, oh, no, that's you know.' But I had the total. I had a totally." wrong attitude towards country western and I went there the whole band were Maori and I just couldn't believe it people sitting in there um, two thirds of the audience were Maori place a chocker I thought man this is this is this is me this is interesting and man did they sing did they play and I thought man I'd love to come here as often as I can so I started going weekly until it got into competition. Dennis Marsh has been pretty consistent with his music, releasing an album every year since 1989. In his office at his Pukekohe home, he talks about a couple of his awards. Well, this particular one is a, is a uh, platinum. It's, it's the Māori Songbook 1. It was a compilation between Ray John and Sony Music, I had two different companies working for me at the same time. So they put their money together, and that popped up as a as a real classic. Um, so now I'm working just with Sony Music, and um, it's it's a it's a beautiful album. It's um, I think it's one of the best Maori albums in in the country. It's just got so much to offer people. It's not just about me, it's about everybody. And then we move to this, obviously, uh, um, Anzac. It is, it, it is an Anzac. Um, I've, got, I've had a lot of people um, in my time go to different parts of the world to, to be affiliated with what was happening there. And um, my grandfather, he, he went to war and, and um, he was over overseas for five years and when he came back he was 19 so so this album was dedicated to my grandfather my um, sister was in the navy her husband's in the navy my brother-in-law went over to fight at some stage or other and um, so I called it Lest We Forget and that one went gold in a, in a week when it first came out so it was um, a really good album 
et tu verras tu n'es et te kappa kappa mate haki te haki ingarangi Dennis has racked up four platinum albums and 14 gold. That equates to around 400,000 album sales. Dennis seems to know a lot about longevity. He's not shy to get out there. He's on the road a lot and performs at a number of events across the country. He has signed to Sony Music and launched his new album this year called I Believe. With a mix of covers, originals and Māori songs, his back catalogue is pretty impressive. With the awards and accolades and a shifting music landscape, Dennis talks about the hard yards of the job earlier on in his career. You've sold the CDs yourself. You're your own marketer, producer, promoter, (laughs) singer-songwriter. Has it been a hard graft for you? It has been a hard graft. To the point where I used to drive... I bought a car specially, yes. loaded it with all my all my CDs and drove up to Kaitaia and called into every music shop that I could find selling them CDs. All the way down to Wellington, just every shop, I started to get to know everybody, write all their names down, ring them up, they're needing these CDs, send them CDs. And um, in those days it was actually good once you met people who were who who, who took your music at heart. And there's heaps of places in those days. Yeah. One one place would take twenty at a time, and I used to, you know, used to get all <laughs> shaky because they're buying so many. And then, um, <laughs> then it changed to CDs, and it's just a little bit different with CDs because I was still selling a lot of cassettes. Cassette tapes. People had cassette players in their cars. Got any cassettes then? Yeah, I've still got cassettes. So cassettes were still uh, a big part of me even after three or four years with the CDs. I went and got this album made. And instead of putting it under my... You know, you, you got to buy 500 at a time then. And they were all cassettes. I thought oh, so you personally bought 500 of yeah. these and then... Then I had to sell them. Oh, so you didn't have a distribution. No. Right. <laughs> I went looking for one. Yeah. All over the place, knocking on heaps of doors. Sorry, 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 sorry. You know, that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, no, I wasn't getting... Anything, any joy. I just said, here's my um, cassette. He said, oh, we can get them from America for, for just about nothing. So we don't need your one. So I got knocked back on, on many of these companies. And um, so I had one more go and went to this place. They said, oh, just go down and see him. You might, you know, you might. So I started with Ode, Ode Recording. So I went and knocked on his door and he says to me, well... Leave it here with me, and I'll ring you tomorrow. That's my very first cassette. Next thing he did ring me, he was the first fellow that ever said, I'll ring you back. And it was Terence O'Neill, he said to me, come in and see me. We might have a, we might have a bit of a contract going here. <laughs> so I went to see him, and I said, what, what made you want to do it? He said, you did a show over in the North Shore the other day? And I said, yes. He said, well, my wife was at that show. She said they were fantastic. And that's how it started. When I did the next one, he took it on. Next one, he took it on. He just didn't He didn't even want to listen to it. He just took them on. And um, to a point where he said, well, really, you should go to a bigger company. Bigger. Bigger company. And they'll be able to do bigger things for you. I mean, you have got to have... 
you know, maybe maybe you learned this from your father, consistency, perseverance. That's it. Perseverance, yeah. Just um, because, yeah, you went from this, from Ode Records to BMG, you would have felt like maybe you got swallowed up by that big yeah. machine. So what's what's kept you going for all these years, Dennis? Why not just, you know, hang up the microphone and just yeah. lick back? I'm ready to now. But then, you know, like, it's um, I've, I've set a, a guidelines for people now. If they want to know what to do, I'll show them exactly how you should do it. And I've learned all those guidelines uh, up until now. The last album that I've just done, that's number 29. What's that round your head? Is it a halo? His latest album, called I Believe, harks back to the gospel era. Music that Dennis says was all around him during his time at the Māori Trade Training Hostels in Auckland. Released in May this year, he talks about a few of the songs. Pieces of My Life was going to be the name of the album. In actual fact, I could have called it The Lament of the Entertainer. That's how how I feel about that particular song. It's... um, it's an amazing song. It talks about how how a struggle of an entertainer, the struggle of an entertainer. Now the album is called um, "I Believe," so let's talk about that song. Well, I believe um, I didn't think it was going to be a good name. Well, I didn't think it was going to be a, one that we would call it. But when I took, finished the album, I took the master to the Sony. Bob bosses and I said, "Listen to this. This is my. This is it. It's, this is. I'm finished it." They couldn't get over it. Eh? And I said, "They said, well, play us a song." So I played them pieces of my life, and I could see the way that they were. They were pretty, you know, interesting. But hey, man, this is different. What's what do you think that? So I know this is a, an album of hymns. It it's more. It's to me. It's a it's an album full of. Uh, um, what do you call it's they're not religious well they are religious songs and they are gospel but they're more of a oh, encouraging in in our day and age with as far as the maori is concerned this is this is me talking now yes. as far as the maori is concerned we've forgotten our tahawairua and when you when you look at a lot of Maori, they've lost that part of themselves. Because we are a spiritual people. And when I see them on TV, they're wandering and f- fluffing around with the world, but they've left their tahawairua behind. You put the tahawairua back into something, they become different people. And I just started to realise that. Um... A lot of our, our, our places, you know, like um, homes and for kids and in the jails, well, for adults, that's what's lost. They've, they, they, their spirits have been taken out of them. I, have, I did a thing like this to some people one day. I said, um, you break a horse in? I said, my dad used to do it all the time, breaking horses. And um, I said... Once their spirits have been broken, you can do whatever you like with them. You can do it. You can lead them. You can whistle out to them. You'll do whatever you want them to do. 
You do the same thing with a dog. When a dog is wild, he wants to do his own thing. But when you break his spirit, he becomes whatever you want him to become. Get off the mat. Go outside. Sit. Go over there. Go. Don't eat. You know, you can do all that to it. And it'll do what it's told. Its spirit's been broken. And the Māori, as far as I can see, the spirit, their spirits have been broken. And it's only one place for them. So everybody else thinks. It's a place where they don't have that right to acknowledge that their spirits have been broken. So this album is for them, really. Seeing light, or am I dreaming? Or do I hear the rush of angel wings? You must So if they heard this, I mean, you know, so the idea that you have is that they hear this music and the message there. To relive that spiritual, and I mean, I'm probably one of the only ones that will throw my first fish back. No matter matter how big it is. I go with my brother-in-law and I catch a big fish and just put him back in order. And he goes off his tree at me. I say, man, it doesn't matter. If I can catch one that big, I'll catch it again. And I'm the only one that catches my limit. And it's just one of those things. You, you've got to look after the spirit of things and the spirit will look after you. With a stack of albums to his name, we talk about a few of his favourites. Well, I, I don't mind being called a country artist because once I'm on stage, I can be whatever I want. Right. <laughs> I can be country. And, and believe it or not, the, the biggest applause I get from people is the Western part of me. Don't mean I could sing Tuiteka for the life of me. Yeah. I can sing the bridge. I can sing all sorts of songs pertaining to other big, um, how great they are, to art, big artists. Um, even John Rose's Shiro Moana. I can do all that sort of stuff. But the biggest applause I get from people is when I yodel. And it's the people just get all crazy. They say, oh, this guy get yodel as well. <laughs> and you sing reggae, the whole thing. But as soon as you yodel, people have never heard a Maori yodel before. So I yodel. And yeah, they bring the house down. They want more. So you're on stage, you're diverse in the sense yeah. that you can do a little bit of, well, you know, everything really on stage. Yeah, pick up a little button accordion and play that too. You know, And I don't have to even go and play a guitar anymore. I don't even have to play my guitar. Because when you get to that stage, you've got nothing to prove. You just sing and entertain. Have you done many Waiata Māori type albums like this? Just two. Yes, just, just, just two, two, two yes. Songbook so, one and songbook song two. two. Uh, and and what, what was the the reasoning behind doing that album? The second one? Yeah. Um, the first one went platinum just, just quickly. It was one of those sort of albums that people wanted. It's, it was incredible, really. And platinum is 10... Five thousand? I just forgot. Nearly fifteen thousand. So that it's and it's still going and let's set up there some book. What's the one in it? So every album since I've been with Sony have gone to in the top five of New Zealand releases. At least in the top five. So if that one went one then the next one went number one. It's 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 been a really 
tremendous um, life as an entertainer. You know, people say to me, oh, don't you, don't you get involved? I said, no, I don't have to. I've got a home to go to. When I finish here, I'm going home and always come home. Even if it's a five-hour drive after the show, I'm going home. Just, just end up here at 2 o'clock in the morning. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's something that, um, you know, I've got a homing advice, a device in my head. Yeah, once I finish my show, I'm going home. Where, you know, where home is safe, home is where I should be, then that's it, I'll come home. Upcoming Māori singer-songwriters, artists, what's your advice to them? It's probably easier to be a doctor. <laughs> It'd be easier to go and study and be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously this mahi has been rewarding oh, for you. Oh, rewarding for me once you get to the point where you, you know, like one time I used to have to hustle for work. It, it's, it's, it stops now. And then you can, you, you can pick and choose what you want to do. Um, but it's taken a long, long time, over 30 years to get where I am now. And I've never had a manager. What? You've never, never had, had a manager? manager? No. I know in those early days you obviously didn't, but I thought in the last no. 10 years It's just might. my wife does, does oh. a lot of the bookings. And I'll tell her that somebody's going to ring her, and, and they do. And it's either going to be for me to go to them or they're going to come to the theatre. Well, just yesterday... I was up having a morning tea with a with a friend of mine up at um, up at Bombay, and this busload of old people come in. And I said to myself, "Where are they all going?" And then one recognised me, and I said, "Where are you going?" And they said, "Oh, we're going down to Hamilton." I said, "You shouldn't be going to Hamilton. I thought you guys got lost. We we're looking for the theatre." And then he said, "Oh, the boss is here." The boss came straight across to me, knew who I was, and said, "We want to book into the theatre. Can we do that?" You know, it's just one of those things. You don't have to go hustle people to they want they want to come so it's really good today dennis is the resident artist performer at a theater space in tuako that can cater for up 30 to 90 people and he has his sights set on the tourism market yeah it's very very interesting to think that i want to retire but you can't because people still want to see you they come in there by the busloads they said we want to see dennis marsh so I still walk in there with my hat on and sing to them, tell them stories, where I've been and how it, why it happened and how it happened. And um, they're happy. I am Everything is You're here at last. You're really here at last. Um, so for, for any young person aspiring to be I don't know whether, whether I'm a good example, but if you want to in, uh, become someone who can put out a number one album, and that's that's the that's the that's the race to put out an album with with with, with songs that people are going to buy to be number one in, in New Zealand. It takes passion and and a lot of hard work to get there. I still do the markets. For goodness sake. You still do the mark. <laughs> so what, Evandale or Tara? No, I do, I do um, Manurewa or Manurewa. I do, do Pukekohe down here. I still do the markets. I'm still working at grassroots. 
What's the goal there? Is the goal there just to share your music? Or just to share, share the music and to share myself with people. They're the ones that put me there. They're the ones that put me where I am today. So they can come and shake hands, big hugs, big kiss, you know, fat, ugly, skinny. doesn't matter to me. It's they, they were the people that put me where I am. You know, lots of hungies, lots of gifts. Um, people have taken off their tongue and put it on me, you know. I've got a lot of tonga in my room now. Um, I get to, even right down to guitars. I've got a guitar in there that's worth nearly $50,000 by someone that said, I want you to have it. Rings, um, really nice tonga. You're not going to tell me who gave you the guitar, eh? <laughs> You're not going to tell me who gave you the no. guitar? <laughs> well, no, he's, he's a Pikey fella too. Um, well, I've got two guitars here, and, and I don't even take them out. They're too nice. <laughs> don't worry about what people say about you. Just keep going. Just keep heading in the right direction. Um, lots of people will say you can't sing. That's fine. Let them think that. But you will get to the point that you'll prove them wrong. I got judged many times. One judge said to me, that I don't have a musical ability. Like a talent quiz judge? Yeah, talent quiz judge, or like a, yeah, competition judge. And this is right at the top end. They said to me, you haven't got any musical ability. And the year after, I showed her that you've got to eat your words. Because when you have a comment like that, it made me want to be better, even better. So to young people, if someone says something like that to you, be better. Find out what musical ability is and then work on it. Country singer Dennis Marsh. We'll have honey for our kind. Pippi's We'll have the Molly Hungy tonight. Someone play the harmonica 